Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And I'm so delighted to welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage today, Deborah Radin, managing partner of Kramer Radin. Deborah, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks, Alay. It's great to be here. It's great to be here. It's awesome to be talking with you again. Tell our listeners a little bit about your firm, about the size of your firm, the kind of law you practice. Sure. So we are in downtown Los Altos. We like to call ourselves a boutique estate planning law firm. We practice, well, there's six attorneys and um, supporting staff, of course. We focus entirely on estate trust and tax work, and then anything that flows from that. So as much as we do the planning, the early planning, we also focus equally on what comes next. So post-death work, probate work, trust administrations, a lot of trust administration, and then anything in between. We can talk more about that or I can go into that now. Why don't you go into it now? Okay. All right. So I think one of the pleasures of having a firm that has been um, around for a long time, close to 30 years, we have we have clients that have been with us for decades at this point and life happens and life changes. So the plan gets put into place and then things happen. There might be um, something not that is not going well, there, dementia or an illness or and the family needs help or our clients need help. Or the opposite, something really wonderful happens and life changes in good ways. The birth of a grandchild or or child or marriages or getting new jobs and new opportunities. And so we are here for our clients and can respond as they need us. That is awesome. I love that you take a more holistic approach than just estate planning. You mentioned your firm has been around for 30 years. So tell us about how the firm got started. Sure. So I go back to my mother. So my mother is the Kramer in the Kramer Raiden. And she she started our firm about 30 years ago. Originally, her first career was in nursing. And she went from a nursing career, ended up going into business with my father, and then decided she's going to get her MBA. And then maybe not quite the right fit for different reasons. And while I was in college, she decided to go to law school and eventually started her own firm. I had the pleasure of joining in 2001. So so our firm, I would say, is really founded on, on my mother's work ethic and on her focus of preventative, how can we help people? How can we, how can we prevent catastrophic things happening, but also if life is going to happen, because it does, can we be there in that moment and and help a little bit, make it a, a little bit better? So, you know, one of the things when you and I talk quite a bit, one of the things you mentioned, and you mentioned repeatedly to me, is how focused and, and how closely connected Kramer Radin is to the Los Altos community. So for our listeners who are not familiar with Los Altos, tell us a little bit about that town and how Kramer Radin has been a fixture there and continues to support the community. 
Okay. So I grew up in downtown or not downtown Los Altos, but I grew up in Los Altos. And so this is my community. This is my home. Yeah. And, and Deborah, Los Altos is like a bedroom community, right? It definitely is. I think one of the joys that truly that I have is we can open our doors and clients will come in with their banana bread or, you know, tomatoes they've picked from their garden that morning and they want to share with us. Or, you know, my sons and I, and I like to tell staff, we can drop our kids off and they can do a loop around downtown Los Altos and come in because they need $5 to go to the farmer's market. It sounds quaint, <laughs> but, but it's true. It's, it's nice to have a safe, warm place. And so the work that we do really does fit the Los Altos community. And what are the things that your firm has done to continue to build those close-knit connections and to give back to the community? As we grow the firm, and I look ahead to the work that I want to do, one of the pleasures that I truly get for the in the work that I do is listening. And it's very values-based. And I'm listening to, to my clients, and I'm listening to my staff, and what is important to each of them. What do they want to share with their, whether it's family, their loved ones, their children, their their own communities? And is the estate planning reflective of those values? And so as I turn that same question on myself, I feel that it is truly a joy that I can give back to my own community, to, to organizations that I feel are doing wonderful work, whether it's for my clients or my family or you know, myself, my, my pets, whoever that is. And if I can now turn around what I've learned and support those nonprofits and our community, I feel like I can, I can expand my reach and the impact that I have that much more. Yeah, I think that's such a terrific point, Deborah. And and for all of you that are listening, you know, please take note of this. We think about law firm growth and we think, oh my gosh, we need to get bigger and we need to cover a large geographic area. We need offices in multiple locations and we need presence in multiple geographies. And we think about all of these things, but oftentimes you can build a tremendous law firm by focusing on the community where you live and work right now. And I think the secret there is if you want to do that, You've got to be prepared like Deborah has done to really authentically invest in the community and spend your time and, and spend your spend your dollars as well, really becoming a part of the fabric of that community. And Deborah, you've grown that firm tremendously by doing that. So congratulations on all of your success thus far. Thank you so much. I just want to add to that point. It's true. I don't go to my kids basketball game or uh, you know baseball practice or the grocery store thinking I'm going to be talking about estate planning. That is not my intention <laughs> by any means. But when I listen, somebody will ask questions and it's a joy to be able to share information and, and help a little bit. And so I don't look at it as rainmaking or as drumming up business at all. It's, it's what I enjoy talking about and giving back. Isn't that great? It's selling without selling. You know, you're just being yourself and you're letting people know that you're an attorney and listening to what they put on the table and taking it from there and helping them out. Absolutely. Yes. Which I think is, we would all agree is a great way to sell because you're not selling, you're just being yourself and helping out. Absolutely. But you know, growing a team 
doesn't come by accident and you have a sixth attorney firm. So one of the things that that you mentioned a couple of times now are values. And I know that is really important to you and your mother before you. So what do you most value in those that you work with? Yeah. So in part, I'm going to say this goes back to, so it's a longer answer, but it goes back to you and I working together and really, you really helped me focus on, on what I want, on what our, where our firm was and where we want it to be looking ahead on our values. And I will talk about the pandemic. I have a feeling, but I really did hone in on, I want to be in a, what feels like an emotionally safe environment that is warm and honest and trustworthy, and that we are giving outstanding legal advice. So that goes for clients, but it equally goes for staff. I want to make sure that everybody who's at the office, you know, as much as we can, we, we spend a lot of time together in, in, in our environment. We're, is it as enjoyable as possible? Are we supporting each other? And am I doing what I can? I feel very responsible as a business owner to ensure that each person who works with me is thriving, that he or she is reaching as much as they can, as much as they want their potential and growing. That is wonderful. And yes, it is definitely in line with everything that we talked about, about the values that you have for your firm. And I have to say out of all, you know, a lot of the firms that I've worked with, your values that you have for Kramer Radin were stronger than many. So, you know, congratulations on doing that and on living those values, but I want to dig a little bit deeper you have such a successful firm. So what drives you to do what you do? In part, I can say it's being the oldest child in the family. <laughs> I have a feeling there's a lot of responsibility in that or that I put on myself. But but it also goes back to, so a few years ago, as we were growing, as because this happens as we were all getting older, you know, my mother and I really talked about what what do we want? And we started that conversation and and it was and it still is an incredible honor and and a joy to get to do that with my my own mother. But we were approached by a large law firm and had many, many conversations with them about us really being acquired, about joining this large law firm. And it would have been a broad California firm. It would have expanded the reach of what we do and what what we were capable of. And we went down that path and I started getting, I don't know if cold feet's the right word, uncomfortable and, and just couldn't figure out why. I recall the moment that I was listening to an interview of Alice Waters, right? Of Shea Panisse in Berkeley. It's that aha moment. I can still visualize. I, I was listening to it in the car. I was driving on Highway 17. Every time I go past the, the grove of trees, I say, okay, that's the moment I realized what I wanted. And she made a comment. The question was something like, well, Alice, you are so successful. Shea Panisse is so successful. Why didn't you decide to replicate yourself like Wolfgang Puck? Why didn't you go into Las Vegas and Los Angeles? And she said she felt that she had a vision and she was not, she had not yet completed that vision. And she also loved knowing who her customers were, being able to talk to her chefs, being able to talk to her farmers. And she would have lost that. And that I thought, okay, that's me. That's exactly, we still have a vision and it's not, we're not done yet. And there are others that are part of this vision and I want them to be part of it and come along with me. 
So that was the moment. So you're still building your business. You're still growing. You had that aha moment and you've continued to move forward. What are some of the hurdles that you've had in building your business? Let's see. So in part, it is staffing is really difficult. I think in our community or may, maybe with estate planning, um, not everybody loves estate planning as much as I do. <laughs> so I, I think it's a field that I would love to say should be growing because there's there's such a great need. So I think in part it's it's staffing and and I really, I hope put great emphasis on allowing the staff to thrive and, and find talents that I didn't know they had and perhaps they didn't know they had. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. And then the other thing that uh, you mentioned is the pandemic. So tell us about the that experience with your firm, taking a firm where it's largely based on people stopping by in person and now dealing with the pandemic and going through that. Sure. So the I think in that moment, you know, I wouldn't say that initial panic, but that that kind of crisis, I was most worried, how can I hug my clients? I can't do that right now. And that was was a great, great worry. So we went back to, or I went back to where our values are, what is the vision? And amazing in that moment, I hadn't, you know, when we worked together, I hadn't planned on this moment is why I need this vision and I, I need that focus. But it was uh, kind of muscle memory. I knew in my heart that this was right and realized it. what was most important is taking care of our own. So taking care of my staff, taking care of, of our clients, and how do we do that? I am so proud of those that I work with and our firm and myself. We didn't lay anybody off. I knew that the staff not only needed to keep working, needed the paycheck, needed that support, but they also needed something to do. And our clients needed a connection. So those staff members who couldn't work remotely in the work that we were doing before, we developed a kind of a call center. And I divided up those certain staff members. I gave them a list of our clients and they just started making phone calls every day, connecting with clients. How are you? Do you need anything? How's your family? And they reported back. So that was that was huge, I think, early on. And I made sure everybody knew I was there and that I cared about them, that I cared about their family. We had weekly Zoom meetings. I sent them gifts, you know, to make sure that they knew I was I was there and I was thinking of them. And I made house calls. So if I may, I go back to that origin story. My mother was a nurse, like I said, and my father, his first career was as a doctor. When we were little, our job, I have two younger sisters, our jobs were to go on house calls with my parents on weekends. And my parents would be taking blood pressure and shots and vaccines and all of that. And my job was to be cute and be, <laughs> and be distracting. And those house calls, I fell right back into that and started making house calls early on and met outside but I met neighbors and I got to see people's gardens and their dogs and things that, so we, it became even more intimate actually in the pandemic than pre-pandemic. Wow. And now that we've been dealing with the pandemic for you know a year and a half now, what's changed about Kramer Raiden since the pandemic and, and what hasn't changed? So I think I've lightened up a little bit that some people would say not enough, but to allow, <laughs> <laughs> to allow and, and enable some remote work. 
that was absolutely a non-starter. I know. I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Just it's not going to happen. And I really took a breath and said, okay, this is working for some people. And how can we make it, how can we make it work if it's something that allows certain staff members to to do what they need to do even better. And it actually enhanced what what some people are doing. So that's a big change. I think the other really big change is that I like I fall back on connecting with people is vital for the work that we do. And there are times when I can connect with people and other staff members can connect with people who aren't right in our neighborhood. Pre-pandemic, 100% of my meetings and our meetings were in person. And Zoom has, has really expanded the opportunity to connect with people in their living rooms or wherever they are. And so it's expanded the flexibility of what we do and how we meet people. Got it. That's great that the pandemic has, you know, there's nothing good about the pandemic, but there are good things that have come from it. And it's great to hear that your law firm has changed a little bit for the better, become more flexible in terms of the geography of the clients that you serve and also where your talent is located. And you know, Deborah, as we do these podcast episodes, we want you to be relatable to our listeners. And that means talking a little about maybe some challenges you're dealing with now. So what's the biggest problem that you're dealing with in your practice right now? I think I am still in the development mode of, of allowing and enabling other people to step into roles that they have not had in the past. So as I've been talking about my mother, she she has decided in this last year to retire. And it has left, you know, we can look at it as, as a void and, and it's something that's a loss for me, but it's also an opportunity for others to, to fill in. And so it it so I'm still in that development mode of looking at others around me and finding where their strengths are and providing them with those resources and the support that they need to to rise and step into this opportunity. So busier than I want to be, let's just say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Deborah, I'm so glad you mentioned that because attorney entrepreneurs, for all of you out that are out there, this is a problem that I see over and over again in law firms, which is there may have been a recent succession, but things have been shook up at the firm in one way or another. And there are there is a need uh, for really strong associates or junior partners, people who can bring in business, but even maybe more importantly than that, can handle these sophisticated levels of client interactions so that rainmakers like Deborah can go do their thing. And one thing that's interesting about the law and and Deborah, you know, I spent 17 years in Silicon Valley, so I've seen another side of things. But one thing about the law that's interesting is there's not as much formal training and coaching and development. And it's just expected that associates will be able to move into that junior partner role primarily through mentorship from their attorneys. And the interesting thing about that is if the associate is paired with an attorney who gets them and their styles connect and everything else lines up, it works out really well, but that is really hard to do. And so what often ends up happening is those associates aren't able to develop, or there may not be, you know, maybe a square peg round hole type situation where it's just not a good fit. Uh, and it can be really challenging for law firms to get through that. So one of the ways that we deal with that, one thing we do is we have our clients have their teams take disc assessments, which, which then uncovers how different 
associates and partners in the firm interact with each other. It also helps us have conversations about business development and management style and inter-team communication. It really applies to everything. So we start there and then we go in and we teach them the management skills that they need, the financial acumen and skills that they need so that they're capable of actually running a practice group and potentially you know, becoming a junior partner or beyond. Does that make sense, Deborah? Absolutely. It's a really important point. What you're teaching people or what you're allowing them to learn is also how they work with others. So it's not just how they work with clients, although that's vital, and how they do their own work, but how are they allowing others around them, the, our paralegals, our legal assistants, our receptionists, to do the best work they can do, each one of them, is as important. So what you're teaching is vital to, to run a whole office. Yeah. And so Deborah, the future is bright for your firm. What are some of the things that you're really excited about with Kramer Raiden over the next, oh, I don't know, 12 to 18 months? <laughs> um, so one of the things I love is that I look at, at our staff, I look at the people I work with, and I think they, they enjoy working together. And that is a bright future. And they, I think, really know, and those who've started at our firm grow. And we find with them what they love to do and what gives them joy and where their strengths are. And they move from whatever they start with, the role of a receptionist. They've never really worked in a law firm before. And they move into the management, the law firm management, or into um, more paralegal and maybe law school eventually. So that that is a bright future. I love being in downtown Los Altos and working with colleagues in other fields, whether it's other law firms or financial planners or CPAs or whatever it might be, that collegiality in our, our area of practice is really bright and, and positive. Awesome. That's great to hear that you're still doubling down on that community focus. And Deborah, I think the things that you've shared with the attorney entrepreneurs is pretty unique. I don't think we've had other other guests on the show that have approached it quite the way you have in terms of growing their firm. And so if they wanted to follow up and, and connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? They should call the office probably. Okay. So one of my weaknesses, one of my growth opportunities, let's say, is how to manage my email stream. <laughs> so, so just call and leave me a message. And I promise I then will will find time to talk much better than an email chain. Yeah, voice to voice communication is always better than email, especially when you get 200 a day. I get it. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Yeah. Well, Deborah, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. Really enjoyed our conversation. Likewise. Thanks so much, Elaine. It's always good talking to you. Never enough. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. 
Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.